really the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Good morning or afternoon or evening, depending on the time of day. Good morning. It's Dr. Natalie Keith. Dr. Josiah Dame. And this is Vet Tales. Today we're talking about diabetes. Yes. And you will probably hear construction in the background. Yeah. We're really excited. We're watching them work out the window right now. And it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. These guys like are legit, well-oiled machine. Yes. It's astounding. And the building is huge. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, our original building was, um, it's technically 6,000 feet, but part of it was the shop, like barn mm-hmm. area where we would put horses like in. half of it. Well, I mean like a like a lot, a yeah, lot. yeah. So it's probably like a Tracy estimates actually technically like five thousand functional okay. square feet, and now we're gonna have just shy of eight. Um, so it's gonna be great, and it's gonna be soon. And I hope that guy doesn't fall down. <laughs> Don't look. <laughs> no look. Oh gosh, we should have closed the blinds. The anxiety. I don't know why we're pulling on that board, but anyway, um, I wish you guys could see it with us. Um, you can if you want to drive by one twenty one West Forty Fifth and uh, watch the show. It's going on all day. Um, okay, so what were we talking about? Diabetes, unquestionably. Also, I'm excited because it's at, at some point in the middle of this episode, we're going to play a clip from an actual interview with a client whose pet recently became diabetic. So that's a fun it's twist on today's episode. And we've got new product announcements that are really, really exciting. Yes. So we're going we're gonna to crack into all that. Um, if you don't have a diabetic pet, you might still find it interesting. And if you have a fat cat, you might have a diabetic and you don't even know it. Yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to look. Yeah, great idea. Yes, I love that. Um, have you ever all had of a diabetic pet? No. I have not either. It's like no, the one. No, I did. I did. I had one. And so I, was, I had to pull back from old memories. Um, but yes, it was um, my husband's dog. So I didn't oh, actually yeah. do the injections. But she was a border collie that we paid bukus of money for. Her name was Angel. And she was supposed to help with, like, because my husband at the time was working on a ranch for, like, uh, like with mama cows, 200 mama cows. And, uh, he was going to use her, these two dogs to, um, like, you know, help round up the cows or whatever with his horses. And um, I was like, she doesn't look great. <laughs> Something's happening. Like, this is, like, two months after we get this dog. And she was older. I mean, not, like, old, but, like, six. And I was like, oh, smokes, this dog is going to be diabetic. <laughs> and which is fine, except for that a lot of diabetic dogs immediately get cataracts. Mm-hmm. And so she immediately got cataracts, which is really difficult to, yeah. Anyway, I I blocked that out temporarily. Yeah. Good old angel. I've never had a diabetic. Yeah, and her brother's name was Twitch. If you remember the um, the OG pictures in the original clinic when we very first opened, there was a picture of the two border collies, like, Mm -hmm. lounging on the hay bales. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was Angel and Twitch. That's awesome. Uh Uh-huh. Back in the the good old days. So, um, what about you? No. I've never had one. I have a fat cat that yeah. I can't get to lose weight. I feel for everybody who comes in. They're like, I've tried. And I'm like, I get it. <laughs> How old is your cat? He's only two. And the, wow. A two-year-old and a three-year-old um, cat. Um, and one of them is skinny. It's the classic tale. One yeah. of them is skinny and one of them is fat. Mm-hmm. I meal feed them. But the fat one 
figures out what to do and steals. And so I'm going to try to maybe look at Black Friday deals. And they have microchip um, feeders oh, yeah. for your cats. And I'm going to put the skinny cat's food in the microchip no, It's feeder. not a microchip. It's like in their collar, right? It's in their collar, yes. yeah. So like you, my skinny cat wears a collar. My fat one doesn't. They do this with dairy cows and stuff. Yeah. So basically it'll open for... Salem, but not Mateo, because Mateo is eating everybody's food. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, the other alternative would be, like, you know, uh, enclosing one cat in a different room during mealtime and then picking up all the food, which is a lot of work when you're a a working guy and, you know, you got the baby at home and, you know, like, who needs that kind of drama in their life? I think I'll look into the bowl. (laughs) Honestly, my cats are lobbing, my cats, my kids are lobbying for a cat right now. And I'm like, the litter box, guys, you don't understand. You don't understand. So we're like, because, you know, spent, uh, our, our uh, cat that we had forever and ever, uh, he passed away when Madeline was first born. So it's been like four years ago now. And it's just like, man, the perfect cat is hard mm-hmm. to replace. It's really hard to replace. Not that you can ever replace a pet, but you know what I mean? Like, it's you know, you're like, I'm never going to get there again. I tell people all the time I hit the jackpot twice. Yeah. So I don't want to risk it. Like, both of my cats are amazing. Although I do hear people say all the time, um, they say, I don't like cats. I just like my cat. Yeah. But so many people say that, I just start to feel like that it's just that you didn't think you like cats, but you do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like a lot of cats. <laughs> yeah. I know. They're, oh, gosh. I have such a soft spot for kitty cats. Um, right. Okay, back Which, to diabetes. The reason why cats are being talked about is yeah. because of diabetes. I know, and we, we underrepresent them on a lot of our podcast episodes, but diabetes, man, it's their time to shine. Yes. Although yes. my client interview is about a dog, so we will hit dog stuff too. Mm. And cat diabetes and dog diabetes are wildly different. Wildly different. Dog diabetes tends to be more dicey most of the time. I yeah. Feel like. I feel like cat diabetes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, more manageable, but we will talk about why. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so first of all, diabetes, what is it? We're actually referring to a disease called diabetes mellitus, uh, which is different than diabetes insipidus. They sound the same and they're completely different. Um, Diabetes mellitus is a condition where for one reason or another, um, whether it's type 1 or type 2, there is too much blood sugar, so hyperglycemia, and uh, then that, that is being translated into uh, the urine uh, because the glucose overflows and spills into the bladder. So you have persistent hyperglycemia and glucoseuria is the technical definition of that. And there's a, a couple of different reasons why it's happening. Um, if you're a dog, it's probably because you have type 1 diabetes, which means that your little cells inside the pancreas that are supposed to be making insulin for some reason or another have died or were not there in enough number to begin with. And that could be like an immune-mediated attack um, or chronic inflammation from chronic pancreatitis or just the way you were born. Um, and so those those animals are completely insulin-dependent. Yep. You want to hit type 2? Yeah, so type 2 is going to be more like a persistent hyperglycemia where your body's almost exhausted. Um, you're exhausting those cells, um, so you become insulin resistant. Yeah. Which is why that some cats, when treated for a period of time and you kind of give your pancreas a breather, they can go into remission of diabetes and sometimes never go back onto insulin or other medications, which we'll talk about. Yeah. And I like to think about it in terms of like, 
I, I don't do human medicine. I'd like to start the sentence by saying that and then follow it with, if I were to liken it to human medicine, uh, like our children with diabetes, those are almost always type 1, and type 2 is what adults get because of usually diet, um, although there are variables in there as well, you know, but again, like just constantly your blood sugar is staying too high, and so then the pancreas is constantly trying to secrete insulin, and then it just gets so worn out. Out and it never gets to rest that those cells just get exhausted and, um, and but that doesn't necessarily mean you're completely insulin dependent it could yeah. be if you manage your blood sugar in a different way by diet regulation mm-hmm. um, that your your pancreas can actually recuperate yeah. which is why uh, you know when when we do diagnose dogs and cats with diabetes a lot of times the first question people ask is well is there a pill or is there something or like yeah. because they don't want to do the shots understandably and just until recently, we've had to be like, no. But they, because people have a pretty good understanding of diabetes, definitely yeah. type 2, that, um, you know, that was never really an option. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, and even in human medicine, there's a lot more oral options. Yeah. Um, and so we're actually kind of uh, just piggybacking onto that for cats. Does not work for dogs. So. Yeah. So um, for dogs, we're basically, if you, if you have a diabetic dog, essentially um, what you're going to notice before anything else is probably drinking and peeing more mm-hmm. and possibly weight loss, mm-hmm. even though they're eating quite well mm-hmm. and, and maybe even seem excessively hungry. Um, they're probably middle-aged to older dogs most of the time. Um, and then you're going to be mad at your dog because it's peeing in the house. And then you're going to come to the vet and you're going to be like, why is my dog peeing in the house? Do they have a UTI? Yeah, do they have a UTI? Maybe. Maybe. Probably. A lot of dogs actually will present with a UTI uh, because there's so much sugar in the, in the urine. Yep. The bacteria is like, nummy, nummy. Yep. And they grow and, yep, flourish in the bladder. So a lot of times you will have concurrent... Um, UTI with an initial diabetes diagnosis. Um, so that is kind of your classic tale. Dog presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then if you're unlucky, you might actually find out because your dog had concurrent pancreatitis. Because we talked about the pancreas is where the insulin's coming from. And also the pancreas secretes a lot of digestive enzymes and the other kinds of cells that it has. And so if you have if that get if those cells get angry, it's called pancreatitis. Mm-hmm. So if you have pancreatitis and you have an undiagnosed or unregulated diabetic at the same time, you're on a slippery slope. Yeah, oh gosh, it's to, terrifying. Yeah, it's it, this is where I feel like cats don't typically present this way. No, so dogs will sometimes, and this is where I would said that you know dog diabetes tends to be to me a little bit more tumultuous. Yeah, to, yeah. Um, good yeah, um, it's like bom, yeah. Bom, bom, bom. Um, yeah. So the they sometimes can develop what we call DK or diabetic ketoacidosis. Yes, it's freaking terrifying. Yeah, um, I lose sleep over DK. I do too. Um, basically, you when you see when you have a DK dog, the first thing you'll notice is all the veterinarians on staff around a table with all the books open. Yes, that's how you know your dog <laughs> might have DK. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it leads to. Uh, it's it's pretty much it is a guaranteed hospitalization. Um, yeah, these dogs are vomiting. Vomiting, feel terrible. They're literally in a state of acidosis, meaning like their their body is acidotic, like acidic. acidotic. 
acidotic. acidotic. <laughs> this is what people do to themselves on purpose with a keto diet, but because yes. that they have a normal um, pancreas, they can they can they overcome this. Yeah, and, and we metabolize fat better than dogs do. Yes. I wish you guys could see this because I'm literally sitting in my hairdresser's chair as she untangles the massive knots. If you can hear the weird sound in the background, that is my hair being untangled because this is how we do veterinary medicine is we multitask. So I'm really excited because I'm here with Christy and she is going to give us her experience as a dog mom who recently had a pet diagnosed with diabetes. So Christy, tell us, tell us about Molly. Um, Molly is a nine-year-old Yorkie. Um, she was first started having, um, urinary problems. Yeah. Um, started kind of urinating all over the house. We're potty trained, have been for years, so I knew something was kind of up. Um, and kind of all started from there, going to the vet and figuring out what's going on and telling me it was urinary tract infection at first and then come find out later on after she was not getting any better that she was actually diabetic. Right. And so how long was that whole process going on? Like the started peeing in the house to the point where the veterinarian that was originally diagnosing her is like, wait, this is diabetes. Um, probably about three weeks. Okay. So kind of fast. Mm -hmm. That's yes. yeah. Super fast. It's, it's weird. Cause that's not uncommon. Like they're not diabetic one day and then they are diabetic the next day which I mean at least it's like a cup overflowing type of thing like she was probably creeping up on it but it hits like this threshold point right. so then you start trying some stuff but it's not really working right so right. you're trying some oral tablets and diet stuff and we're right. dealing with the bladder infection right and then um you had an extremely intense initiation into diabetes land because you text me one day when you were getting ready 
You were already were you already on the cruise? I was already on the cruise, getting ready for vacation to leave on a cruise, and my dog decides to be yes. diabetic. Yeah, so I wasn't Christie's veterinarian at that point. Like I've never dealt like with any of her pets before. We talk about them, you know, in our hair appointments. But um, so she texts me, kind of panicking a little bit, like this yes. is not okay. And I was like, don't worry, I've got you. We're not going to the emergency hospital tonight. You're just going to come in. I've got plenty of doctors. We're good at this stuff. And so Molly comes in and she's in full on diabetic ketoacidosis, which is super scary. Um, So we're, tell me what she was doing. Like, how did you know you're like, we need big help? Um, She started throwing up everywhere on top of the urinating. Um, She had lost a good amount of weight, a good probably eight pounds, I would guess. Um, And yeah, she's only 14 now. So it's like 30% of her body weight. Yes. Um, And kind of get in she got to where she didn't want to eat anymore um and then we were also in a lot of pain like moaning and groaning yeah right so um you send your sweet son up with this sick dog and we end up putting her in the hospital and she was there off and on for how i mean it was uh, like six days i was gonna say yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she, we tried to send her home once and just didn't, wasn't, she wasn't quite ready. And so she came back and we, we managed to pull her through a lot of DKA dogs. I know you and I have talked about it, but a lot of them don't survive. Right. Um, so we were super grateful and happy that she put all that behind her. Now she's just a, what we like to call a normal diabetic. Yes. So what is life like with Molly now? Um, well, she's more of a princess now than she was before. Mm-hmm. Um, as she should be. As she should be. She went through a lot. Yes. Um, she is kind of back to normal after, you know, figuring all the insulin schedules out of, you know, we do that twice a day along with a, you know, a strict diet. Yes. Um, just getting all that figured out and was kind of stressful at first, but once like, I knew what I was doing. It wasn't so terrible. Um, she eats about every 12 hours, gets her insulin every 12 hours. They've got the whole family, my daughter, yeah. my son, husband, everybody's The learned. girlfriend. The girlfriend. Of the son, yeah. yeah <laughs> yep. Everybody's <laughs> learned how to do um, insulin shots. So that all the never... vacations are now pet friendly vacations. Yes, yes. Now Molly is going with us on all of our vacations so we can give her her insulin. Yeah. Um, but she's, I mean, it's. It was a challenge, but we got it, and we're... How long's it been now since we first... Um, since the DKA day? It's been about eight weeks, probably. Eight or nine-ish yeah. weeks. Yeah, so, the like, the first month was super dodgy. Yes. And now it's feeling a little bit more routine. Yes, and I'm to the point where now, like, I don't really feel like I need a tester every day. At first, mm-hmm. I was kind of nervous and was testing a lot and just making sure her levels were good, and now... I'm just more comfortable and I just kind of know what to look for if right. she's not feeling well that uh, maybe I need to be testing her and see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, which is really cool. I was telling you earlier too, like not a lot of people get to the level of comfort with um, testing their own dogs at home. So I'm just super excited you guys are doing that. Yes, yes. That was It helped kinda... us f- navigate the dog food challenge. Yes, yes. She's yes. super weird because she can't eat the dry or her sugar spikes, which makes no sense because they're both diabetic diets. So Yeah, same food. One's wet, one's dry, but doesn't like the dry food. No, no food. her pancreas said, I will not be having that. Yes. Any any of the dry foods. Right, so. right. Okay, right. so what would you say if you could just, like, speak any kind of, like, words to people who are um, – 
you know, living with a diabetic pet or that, um, like if, I guess knowing what you know now, what would you tell the Christy of like four months ago about your pet? Um, Christy, four months ago, I probably, when she started urinating all over the house was already a telltale sign that she probably had, she was diabetic already then. It wasn't just a urinary tract infection. Mm -hmm. And although urinary tract infections can cause that, this is true, but yes. But, yes, I mean, I probably would have maybe had that tested for in the get-go, from the, you know, from the get-go, just so that maybe we could have yeah. kept her from going into DKA if we would have knew, you know, maybe two weeks sooner. Yeah, yeah, because it did, it did happen super fast, yeah. And I think also, like, with dogs especially, it's nobody's fault that a dog becomes diabetic. It just randomly happens. And we see it a lot more in schnauzers than other breeds, so the Yorkie's not as common, but any dog at any time can become diabetic. It, they're type one diabetics, unlike um, like people that are normally type two. Cats are like that. Dogs are type one, so their little pancreas will just tuck her out and, um, and either because the immune system is attacking it or whatever, uh, but we don't have, like, I, I just want people to know that a lot of times it does happen really fast and there shouldn't ever be any guilt associated with that happening. Right. Um, it just happens. It so. just happens. Cause I'm and just, it's livable, right? So, like, you're still livable. living yeah, a we're good... we're still living. We're still doing the same things. Just kind of have to figure out our schedule sometimes with, obviously, got kids in sports. Mm-hmm. And we got to figure out, you know, how to time, yeah. you know, when we need to be back or how we can maybe push out her feeding and her insulin shot maybe an hour, you know, that we can be home yeah. in time Yeah, and once they're it. stable, that's, like, that's something that can be done, you yeah. know, once yeah. you get through that little first initial hurdle, but... For sure. So, yeah, and then pet insurance, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> get some pet insurance. That's right. <laughs> El pronto, because you never know when the diabetes is coming never for you. Never because she was happy and healthy, and now we are diabetic, but we're still happy. We're but still happy. We're still happy. Um, but, but it's just, a game changer, yes. you know, and that's lifelong. So yes. it's just one of those things. So, yeah, words to the wise, get pet insurance. Get some pet insurance. <laughs> so, anyway, okay, well, I think that's it. Is there anything else you'd like to throw in? Okay, yeah, we can do it, though. Yeah, if we find ourselves having to do it, we can do it. Yes, and shout out to Northside for oh, saving her life. Thank you, yeah, we uh, we all put in the hours on that dog. Some sweat equity went into Molly. To for Molly, sure. yes. She's sure. worth it. So, all right, well, thanks for doing this talk with us. Yeah. All right, bye. Bye. Okay. Okay. What an awesome story that we both just listened to. (laughs) We didn't listen right now, no. But we have heard the story. We lived the story. We lived the story. And um, and I'm so grateful for Christy to, like, be brave enough to kind of tell it because it was such a rocky road initially. And um, and so uh, getting, I guess, getting to hear a perspective of, like, kind of almost the very worst case scenario and how that family has rallied and now it's, like, back to normal. Like, Mm -hmm. like, obviously we have a new routine because we have to incorporate shots every day. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no way to avoid that for for Molly ever again in the future um, because unlike 
cats, dogs don't go into remission at this stage. Like they just don't have any little islet cells left making insulin. So we have to continue supporting her for life. But I have had dogs that lived for, you know, like I think the oldest diabetic, I had a dog diagnosed like around 10 and she died of unrelated causes at 17. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely variable, but a lot of dogs we can manage really well. Yeah. 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 Definitely it now with, it um, just takes a dedicated new monitoring systems that we have. Oh too. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I know it's a, it's slightly controversial, but I don't care. Um, we use the Freestyle Libres yes. because uh, even on its worst day, it is still better than a glucose group. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we did with Molly. I, we didn't really talk about it in her interview, but essentially, it's just like what you see in human medicine. You, you, it's you, the same thing. Actually. Yeah, it, it is the exact same thing. It's not meant for dogs, so they won't help us out at all yeah, if that's, we need that's, help. That's not why. It's not controversial because it's not uh, good to use it. It's just because it is made for human medicine. So we are extrapolating. We're putting it on the dogs and cats, but it is something that um, it's universally used in veterinary medicine now. Um, sometimes if they malfunction, they, they just won't like guarantee it. Be yeah. Yeah. It was just super frustrating for our owners who have purchased the product and then it doesn't apply right or doesn't work right. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, sorry, that's a dog. That's a cat. And you're like, well, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you got us there. <laughs> yeah. Agree on that point only. Um, but what we do know is that, you know, we've taken these dogs and tested them side by side. You know, we've got this Libre that's reading on their monitor and we're doing our in-house glucose checks and they're matching it's within matching. a few points, yeah. um, which is what you expect because there's a bit of a lag time on the Libres because it's doing interstitial instead of actual, um, like, you know, capillary blood. Yes. And the big the big thing with the Libre monitoring, we love to use it in dogs and cats, and uh, is they're not stressed out at the clinic doing a glucose curve, which can affect... Mm-hmm. patient's glucose level. So, like, if your dog came in, um, or cat... Especially and I, cats. Yeah, and I did a comprehensive panel, and, I, you know, I printed it out and handed it to you, and it said glucose was high, it's probably because they had a stress um, response, which rose their glucose. It's I mean, not yeah, because cats can throw up to 300 yeah. on their blood sugar and be completely normal, yeah. non-diabetic creatures, which is why the glucosuria and the persistent hyperglycemia are important. Important factors to mm-hmm. the diagnosis. Yeah, so that's that's just a little fun factoid. And so when you're trying to do a curve on a cat that's going to jump its sugar up by 200 points, that's not helpful. No, definitely when you're using insulin. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, that's um, that's kind of our approach to it is we recommend the Libres, and then we really, really want owners to also get comfortable checking at home. Yeah, yeah. So because they're not going to wear a Libre all the time, we usually just use that for initial kind of, I guess, startup dosing, that kind of thing, and then we re- redo it every three to six months depending on how the pet is doing. <laughs> but like if the dog's having an off day or cat. Do a spot check. Absolutely. And then that can roll into a curve if we need it to. So absolutely, or a new Libre application or what mm-hmm. have you. Um, but you don't want to you don't want to toy with dosages of insulins off a spot no. check ever. And Owners are really tempted to do that. Yeah, don't never do that. Um, spot checks are not you. You can't change a dose on a spot check. Um, and always consult your veterinarian before you change your insulin. Dose. Please, please. Yeah, because uh, low. Um, what we call a Samoji effect, which is a fun, fun word. Oh, yeah. When you give too much insulin, it can look a lot like a dog who has... Um, not enough. Not enough. 
Um, yeah, if you give so. too much insulin, the body panics whenever it hits hypoglycemia or low blood sugar and will become insulin resistant for up to three days. And so then the dog will just be persistently hyperglycemic or high blood sugar. And so the owners are like, okay, well, let's give another unit. Well, let's give another unit. Meanwhile, you're just constantly just tanking, tanking this dog's blood sugar. Um, and it, it, it just, it's, it's really messy to sort out. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, please let us... Uh, be a part of that decision definitely and that's another you know advocate for the freestyle libra yeah it's because it's giving us that whole picture you can see the dip and the plummet before the hyperglycemia and then exactly. you're like oh i see now that we emoji. See that. yeah so we can tone back our or, uh, cut back a little bit on our insulin absolutely it's so. not cut and dry like the, these dogs will ebb and flow yeah exactly um so we're, we're taking uh these these blood sugars into account we're monitoring their weights um we're monitoring their appetite their thirst and urination habits all of these things that are going into our interpretation of how well regulated they are and it is not like tiny people yeah no not at all and that's kind of like the dog picture is it's going to be insulin it's going to be injectable yeah we're going to monitor with freestyles or curves if freestyles don't work for your family um and we'll um yeah watch clinical signs it's so so important yeah because you can get hang hung up on a number but clinical signs is, yes. is definitely a big deal so drinking peeing yeah weight loss appetite um, yeah. And, the, and the other thing i i think is worth maybe saying um is that diabetic um, pet owners or the or, you know the pet owners of a diabetic pet they will um, get frustrated about how hungry the pet is and they will feed them throughout the day mm-hmm. and when you're feeding a pet when it's outside of its insulin usage point right so like that first like hour or two especially um, then really all you're doing is creating more hyperglycemia which is going to then continue continue to confuse the dog's appetite center they're going to feel hungrier they're going to lose more weight and you're just making more islet cells die and so um you've really got to regulate their diet you feed them the exact same amount of the exact same thing at the exact same time of day twice a day with each shot Mm -hmm. and the more consistent you are the more that pancreas can cope with mm-hmm. its struggles. So to piggyback on that, we will recommend a diet change. Oh, hundred percent. So. Yeah. Um, just like any diabetic. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, if you have multiple pets in the house, don't worry. Diabetic foods are safe for everyone. It's the things that everybody else eats. The diabetic shouldn't eat yes. and that we probably shouldn't eat either. Just saying. Yep. And, uh, typically the one we reach for is going to be the Royal Canin Glycobal. Yeah. That's what we do here. Um, there's, there are a lot of right answers out there, but we do Royal Canin because the palatability is nice. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, canned or dry, uh, but you know, so back to Molly, it's super weird. Um, and I think her mom actually mentioned it in her interview. This dog regulates beautifully on the canned. And then if you give her even just a few kibbles of dry, her blood sugar skyrockets. And we thought it was a fluke. We would have never figured it out if it weren't for the Libre. Yeah. Uh, but we thought it was just a fluke. So we tried it again. Nope. Nope. Dog cannot eat the dry food. Don't know why. It's exact same thing. I don't know how she's metabolizing the can versus the dry i suppose but that's amazing yeah i need to talk to the royal canon rep about that and be like what yeah <laughs> it's that's happening weird. that is weird now i'm nervous about every dog <laughs> i have that's diabetic okay um, um to okay. be yes to, or circle back around um so you had mentioned that your dog developed cataracts yeah so yeah when our dogs when the diabetic dog does develop cataracts, because it's very, very likely, and it tends to be rapid even if Even if they're well-regulated. Even if they're well-regulated, um, they, they will develop potentially develop cataracts. 
What can we do for them? Yeah, so it's a great surgery because it's curative. Um, you send them to an ophthalmologist and have cataract surgery done. Um, and it's an outpatient procedure. They do really well. Um, currently, I think, around here. So I refer my dogs to Dr. Puckett in OVS, which mm-hmm. is in Tulsa, because he's a wonderful human and a wonderful veterinarian. Yeah, such a good guy. And um, he, uh, I think it's around 3000 for both eyes because it's, you know, usually both eyes. So, yeah. um, And I've had several of my patients go do that, and it's, uh, yeah, it's curative. You know, they see perfect. They yeah. have better vision than me. Yeah, I've had good experiences with sending my diabetics to yeah. get fake emotions or the cataract Yeah, surgery. not everybody opts to do that. Sometimes it's not in the cards or the patient's too old or mm-hmm. there's just, like, so- certain reasons why you don't do it. Difficult to regulate then if you're not really well regulated. Then you can't do the surgery, yeah, um, if they're not well regulated. And so uh, those dogs do fine, uh, you know, unless they're a herding dog who needs to run out into a pasture, in which case that's not going to happen. They need to stay in an enclosed environment, you know, uh, just hypothetically. Fun side note, Dr. Puckett, I believe, I believe it was him. I was helping at the Oklahoma City Zoo with a seal cataract surgery. No kidding. Dr. Puckett did it. No kidding. Really cool. That yeah. is really cool. How did the seal do posting a seizure? Because that's terrifying. It is terrifying. So seal, this is a way tangent. Way, way tangent. Seal anesthesia is Bonus terrifying. content. Any, any, uh, like aquatic mammal anesthesia is terrifying because they have the dive reflex, which means that they'll just hold their breath for a really long time. Um, did well. She did Good. Great. Yeah, because sometimes they won't start breathing again. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, the dive reflex kicks in and they just won't ever take another breath. So which is, they so flew scary. in an anesthesiologist who, like, does. Specializes. Specializes in, like, a veterinarian anesthesiologist. I wonder if he lives on Xanax or if he's just super chill guy. <laughs> no, all, all anesthesiologists are chill. <laughs> You've got to be. Yeah. Wow. Okay, anyway, so um, cats. Cats are... Type 2. So this is a whole different ball of wax. Um, diet change still incredibly important. I mean, there's I personally fall in a camp that's a little bit different in the sense that I really want to try changing these cats' diets before I do anything else unless they're, like, real sick. Like, But if they're just like, yeah, my cat's drinking a lot. And I'm like, huh, let's check the blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And it's a fat cat and it's got hyperglycemia and we recheck it and it's still hyperglycemic. I'm going to change his diet before anything else because so many of them will just go into remission. Mm-hmm. They just need a break. And so you give them a break and they're okay and you can reel it in. Um, but there's also now, I'm going to let Dr. Dame, like, just hold the reins on this wild ride. Uh, but there's a whole new avenue that we yeah. have for this middle ground cats. There's, so there's, this is just a preference, or a, a, to say before we get into it, um, any cat who's on insulin can't go on these medications. Yeah. Any cat who is in that DK that we talked about. Sick. Which is sick can't really go on to these medications. So this is for a special cat. This is for a cat who comes in, is doing relatively well, but you're noticing we're peeing and drinking a little bit more, maybe losing a little bit of weight. Um, there's two drugs out right now. One is Bexicat, which is an oral pill, and one is Senvelgo, which is an oral liquid. They both work pretty much the same. Um, they are blocking a receptor, which is, that. I'll leave it there. They're blocking <laughs> a receptor in, in the kidney. That is telling your kidneys basically not to pull out the glucose from your urine. So you, they are peeing. Just let it go. They're just letting that glucose go. And I have had a cat on one of these drugs, and it the next day had a normal glucose. Yeah. So, which is amazing. Yeah. And, and uh, because that they are still secreting some insulin, mm-hmm. 
then you're just giving relief to the pancreas. Um, so it's not being constantly hyperstimulated by this hyperglycemia and allowing it to kind of take a breather and start working. Exactly. And because there's two receptors and it's only affecting one, they're still pulling back enough glucose to help their body do their normal stuff. To, yeah, to not become hypoglycemic. To not become hypoglycemic, which is our biggest fear with All insulin of this. treatment is causing the opposite, <laughs> which is hypoglycemia um, from our hyperglycemic mm-hmm. diabetics. Yes. Um, so it's a really, really cool drug. It comes with its... It, you know, it comes with its things that we have to monitor. So we have to watch, um, basically we have to watch for DKA. Um, yeah, the ketones. The ketones in cats. And what is kind of confusing about it and what I'm going to start, if I ever put one of your cats on Synvelgo, because that's the product that we're going to have, there'll be some additional monitoring that we'll be doing, mainly monitoring ketones. And the urine. In the urine. And maybe it's some of the blood, depending on the Some of the, the blood, cat. depending on what we do and depending on the cat, because that might not be fun to to pull urine from it if it's not going to provide it readily. Um, so, <laughs> um, so if we put your cat on this medication, we're going to be watching those ketones because normally in a DKA, like we talked about, they would come in hyperglycemic and with elevated ketone levels. Well, now they're not on this med, they're not hyperglycemic. They are just in that state uh, of acidos- or acidotic. Um, they're in that um, DKA without having the hyperglycemia. So when I put your cat on this drug, I'm going to tell you to really remember that. And I think we're going to try to figure out a way to make like stickers for the carriers or something. Um, and I think um, our rep actually has has some of them um, to say my cat is on this med so that if your cat ever did become sick and you, you know, maybe we were closed and you went to an emergency hospital, they would know, okay, mm-hmm. I need to look for DKA even though we're not going to have that classic presentation. Yeah, yeah, because it really, it all it, it, the hard thing for us is that it's taking away the normal way we would diagnose something and causing us to look in a different way mm-hmm. for the same disease. And yeah. so we just need to know that so we, that, we that like, yeah, that. there's a roadblock on A, so you're going to have to take B. Yeah, but there's a lot of cats already on this medication, and they're doing great, and the owners are only having to give... Um, an oral liquid once a day rather than two injections. Yeah. And then this, these cats could still, like, theoretically go into remission. So they're saying, you know, maybe, like, six months later. Um, taper them off. Yeah, once they're on their diet change and they've, they've regulated and everything's fine, yeah, taper them off and see if they maintain on their own. So exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, revolutionary, really, um, in terms of keeping these cats from having to go on insulin. Mm-hmm. So now they, uh, I know you went to a seminar and they were talking about if if a patient was diabetic, went into remission, hasn't been on insulin, can they become re-eligible or that's controversial still? They're not sure. Yeah. So because that population would be really tough to study, it is not on their label. Right. Yeah. You've got a (laughs) limited number of patients at that point to to do your studies on. Yeah. So that is So you would have to kind of go out on your own into the, into the gray. Yeah. That is a, that is a gray zone that they haven't commented much on. Yeah. They don't want to be the one putting their neck out there. Yes. Got you. So it's a very specific cat can go on this oral medication. So I'm so sorry to everybody who's listening that already has a diabetic cat that's been on insulin. It's, it's sadly not a possibility. Um, and the, the risk there being, if you've been on insulin for a long period of time and haven't gotten into remission yet, the you question is, yeah. how many good cells in your pancreas that are supposed to be making insulin do you have? Mm-hmm. Are you now 
insulin dependent, almost like you were a type two and became a type one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's the fear because um, if these cats are tech in just quotations type one, um, and they go onto a drug like Sinvelgo, they're highly likely to go into that DKA that we talked right. about. Right. I guess you know me. I don't. I have no problem with the gray. Um, <laughs> just to be real honest with you, I uh, I'm thinking of Fraggle, one of my cats, and he. Uh, was early diabetic, went on to insulin, was on insulin for literally a week, mm-hmm. was in full remission, yep. which is a diet change. And so I'm like, I still, like, if he goes back in to it, I think I would try Simbelgo. Yeah. I The owner had asked me about Bexicat, and the studies really weren't, they were terrifying at the time. Um, and Simbelgo did, if, like, I'm just going to pick a side, because why not? I'm here. It's my podcast. I can do what I want. <laughs> Right. The monitoring. Yeah, the monitors. It was a nightmare. It was a lot more. It was terrifying. Yeah, and the yeah the the education wasn't really there. They weren't really explaining how this was working. We weren't really weren't equipped to handle it. And so with Sinvelgo, they've done a much better job of circling back on that and touching all those areas that were just big question marks and and hard cumbersome hurdles. Yeah, in their their like FDA study that they did for Sinvelgo, there's the monitoring parameters are much more manageable for the owner and and honestly for the veterinarian absolutely that i think gets you the same answer yeah because um, so. even with the urine ketones you know they have that sand litter that's completely yeah. water yep, yep. Uh, it's like hydrophobic and it just boop, like little beads on the top and you can easily at home check yeah, the urine check if you just you know once every however often we mm-hmm. need to depending on the stage of the cat but um so it's just a really really cool new option um and i just love the fact that veterinary medicine is still constantly evolving constantly and that's why you got to get comfy in the gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is a wild ride, folks. <laughs> it does constantly change. Yeah, like I've only been out of school for I don't know three and a half years, and I'm like, wow. Like, I know so and much I, has changed already. I'm in year thirteen, uh, or I guess maybe fourteen. I don't know. I gra- yeah, like so. I've almost been out for fourteen years, and it's wild. Yeah, I had a <laughs> had a case like a year ago that I was like, this is what they taught us in school, and I was like, mm-hmm. And then I called the a surgeon, and I was talking to him. He was like, "Oh, we don't do that anymore." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I was like, what I was like I've, I've been out of school for two years. My yeah. neck hurts." <laughs> Like, excuse me? Like, this is, like, textbook. Like, I'm pretty sure I can open my textbook and it'll yes. tell me that it's you do it this way. Yes. And he was like, no, we don't do that. Yeah, you can. Like, you have two options in vet med. You can be humble or you can be out of date. Yep. Like, those are your two choices. <laughs> I choose humble. Yes. Um, and so I actually, maybe, I called a couple other surgeons and asked yeah. them to, and they all gave me the same answer that they don't do it anymore. And I went, yep, cool. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Love that for us. So, all right. Um, okay. Okay, so I guess that's all I've got for today. That's we probably, all I have too. Yeah, we have to go to rooms, I'm sure. But um, it was lovely chatting with you all. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, don't uh, don't hesitate to reach out. And if thanks your for cat listening. Cat or dog is peeing and drinking more often. Don't ignore it. For so many reasons. <laughs> Reference back to the kidney episode. Yeah. If K- you need more episode, than one. Diabetes yes. episode. And. UTI. We little, haven't done a UTI episode, but if there were bad. one. We could do one. Yeah. Um, little like cap before we leave. I'm when I like come back into the room after I do your lab work and I go, can I get urine? Please, <laughs> please say yes because yeah. I'm either trying to figure out does the cat have chronic kidney disease or does you know or diabetes, is the diabetes real or is it just a stress induced? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not for fun. It's not for fun. That's not why <laughs> I don't want to take the, the urine, but I, I do need to know. <laughs> well, yeah, this is important. It's a little of piece love. of the puzzle. It is out of love. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool guys. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day.
ไปไปไป